Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? Welcome to episode 195 of For the Love of Cinema, where this week we're talking about The War with Grandpa and The Boys in the Band, a Netflix exclusive. My name is Grayson Maxwell. Yeah, and it's me, Roger Stillian. Flying just the two of us today. Chris is out for the week. But we got a good show for you today. Roger, what's going on, my friend? Um, Anything new this week? Not really. You always have new weird stuff going on. We never talk about it. Nope. Tell us why. Tell us why I don't talk about it. (laughs) And interesting. Tell us why. Tell us why. Tell us why. I don't know. Not a whole lot happening. It's mid-October in the retail world. Not a whole lot happening at work. Going into the, honestly, I've been enjoying the the gray outside, the just like the blah. The, that's my this is my favorite time of year. I mean, I don't like when I leave work at seven and by the time I get home, it's, it's night, dark. It's that's dark. Not, that's kind of not depressing. great. Yeah. yeah, that's not great. I remember going to high school because my high school started at seven thirty. I mean, <clears throat> I assume most high schools start you know very similar time before eight o'clock for yeah. most high schools. Um, and I remember going and in the winter it was always, it was dark when I got there because I always had stuff going on before school. And then when I left school, because I always had an extracurricular, I was a sport or a choir or something. It was always dark, and my high school didn't have a lot of windows. I know that sounds weird, but it didn't. Well, no. Once you get to the inside of most high schools, there's not a whole lot of windows. Yeah, so like it was just kind of like weird how like for a long time or for like weeks or like a whole Monday through Friday span, I wouldn't see any daylight. But no, I mean that's pretty much how things happen when you become an adult, though. We're getting to that time period where the days are short. Hey, I went to work. It was dark. I left work. It was dark. My soul is dark. I don't know about the last part, but sure. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, you are. You seem to be one with having a dark soul, man. That's that's all you, brother. That's all you. Hey, you know. <clears throat> you know things. things. What else is going on this week, Roger? Anything good? No, not really. Mm. Fantasy football team's not doing real well. You want to talk about that for a while? I mean, I don't know anything about fantasy football, so well, they're, not do- they're not doing real well. So your, your team? No, my team is terrible. Oh, really? That yep. sucks. I sworn allegiance to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars many years ago, and it was you uh, sworn allegiance. <laughs> And uh, mistakes were made then, and uh, you know. I mean, look, kudos to you for sticking with your uh, your word. I, that's that's you know says says about you. So good for you, man. Jacksonville Jaguars. Aren't they? They're never a good team, though, are they? Uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, were they? Back when we uh, when we first when I first really joined on the show, they had a magical season. Got all the way to the AFC Championship game. And wow, then, you must have been like, I have all my blind devotion paying off. Well, no, that was one of the times when the only time I one of the only times. Up to then, where I said I wouldn't be able to make it to a Sunday night show, was they were playing. Oh, they were prime playing. Time. You didn't want to give it up. No, 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 no. no. In hindsight, I would have been happier overall in my life. Fair if enough, I'd never seen enough. that game. All right. Well, Roger, let's get into it today for the show. This is episode 195 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, all the above, which posts each and every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and now Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, then we talk about some trailers, and then move into the movies of the week, which we watched and are sometimes excited to talk about. <laughs> this week is kind of an exception. <laughs> right, let's look at the box office. We call that foreshadowing. <laughs> In the biz, we call it foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. All right. The weekend of October 9th through 11th, The War with Grandpa reigns supreme, bringing in $3.6 million. That's not a whole lot. Bringing its worldwide total. The $3.6 million was domestic, so bringing its worldwide total to five point two. But, uh, hey, we are getting bigger numbers. Hey, some Slowly. Numbers. Tenant, still in the top two, bringing in $2.1 million domestic, bringing its worldwide total to three hundred and twenty-three. 
Hocus Pocus re-released doing 1.2 million. Wow. Bringing its worldwide total to 3.86 million. That's not bad at all. The New Mutants. Damn it. Still in the top five. 686K. Bringing the worldwide total to 43 million. What? What? Mm-hmm. It's doing better than I thought it would. And Crazy Russell Crowe unhinged. If you want to see what a, what a, what a bad day look like, looks like, Russell Crowe will show you. 660K. Domestic bringing its worldwide to 37.3 million. All right. That's our box office. I don't think there's any uh, any surprises there. There's not going to be any surprises for a long time. No. no. Wait, what did War for Grant? What did it make it? It was number one. We just no, talked it about it. Oh, it yeah. wasn't listening. It was number one for the week. Which, um, I'm more, yeesh. More fantasy football news. My, my quarterback just shattered his leg, apparently. <laughs> Like, that's not even a joke. Like, oh, legitimately, they had to cart him off the field. It's like it's broken. Breaking news two days after this is filmed. You record on Sunday night. Dak Prescott's <laughs> leg just got shattered. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. God well, I mean, look, there's, 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 no, uh, there's no surprise there in the box office. And we are clo- slowly creeping towards having actual box office numbers. What I mean by actual box office numbers is, like, not, like, 1.2 million anymore. Like, uh, creeping back towards, you know, we need something maybe to get 10 back or 15, like 10 20. Plus, yeah. yeah. Tenet was a fluke because it was a big movie, but I'm waiting for that first movie that you're not expecting to do good money to do some decent business. Well, I mean, it's going to come back to that Catch-22. I talk yeah. about, you know, basically weekly now that if you don't... Um, it's so weird. <laughs> if you don't release a movie, no one will go to the movies. But if you don't have any... <laughs> if you can't go to the movies, they won't release anything. Yeah, hmm. but it's not... It's, it's just... I don't, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. So I'm trying to, I have to close out the window. I'm trying to get that window back up. Okay, so let's look at, see if things have moved around at all, Roger. I don't think that it has. We look at the old trusty first showing. Uh, man, it's hard to believe we're in October. Uh, basically mid-October. Jeez. Yeah. By the time this release, it'll basically so this, be the this past So uh, this past week, uh, Hubby, Hubie, sorry, Hubie Halloween, which we just watched the trailer and I was corrected. Hubie Halloween came out Wednesday, October 7th, and The War with Grandpa came out theatrically on... Uh, excuse me, on October 9th, which is Friday, Last and then Friday, yep. this coming Tuesday, Roger, I'm happy to announce, Greenland on Amazon is out. Amazon, so... It's going to be on Amazon. So we won't have to do anything. Not we, even a, not VOD? Straight Amazon? Straight Prime. Amazon. Which actually isn't a bad idea. I feel like... Let's just take a minute and talk about that for a second. Okay. Where would you... Not knowing how the deals actually actually play out... Where would you, if you were a producer and you wanted to make the most decent, you would look for a streaming service or a VOD? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem. Like, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of the big budget movies going straight to streaming service or VOD. I know you want to be back in the movies, but we got to look at it. It's not going to be happening probably for a while. So for a movie like Greenland, which would be what, the biggest, besides Mulan, which, I mean, apparently Disney made a bunch of money off of. I still don't really believe that, but... I don't think so either, and I don't think the the but model listen. for streaming before COVID was probably they paid a flat fee to get it. Yeah. But who knows? It might change to a smaller upcoming, a smaller upfront deal. But like, however many hundreds of thousands of views it gets, you more get money. Kind of something, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably how it's going to have to start going. Well, yeah. just think about it though. With Disney, when they made Mulan, it was in house, right? All yeah. theirs the whole time. They released it on their streaming service. So Amazon didn't make Greenland. You know. But maybe they had already had a distribution deal for Amazon Prime ready to go once all that stuff kind of shook out, and they probably just accelerated it. 
I mean, most of those stuff, you know, a movie you'll know, like, say, stuff coming out next month eventually will end up on a streaming service after its theatrical run anyway, whether it's Netflix yeah, or true. HBO Max or whatever it is. Which is, I was thinking about it, I have been pretty much anti, you know, big movies, but that's a secondary market for a lot of movies. It might become the primary market. Which, so. I don't see why wouldn't you wouldn't just put your movie in the theater, even if it doesn't do great. You're still going to get that initial five to ten million. I mean, you well, I mean, still want to put a huge budget so movie in there. Even if it doesn't do great, how long do you leave it in the movie theater before you drop it? So, I, I mean, know. I offered a question, you know, much like Trolls had tried to do. Remember, Trolls was going to open it on the same day on VOD and the movie theater, and then it just went straight to VOD. If they went straight VOD, it cost you, you know, ten bucks for a ticket or twenty bucks VOD and you own it. You know, I w- I'm not opposed to going to a movie theater to watch it. But for twenty bucks, if I own it that same day, I'm more likely to buy the twenty dollar one. You know that's what I true. mean? That's very true. And I, I don't think they lose money with that. Do no, they? I don't think they lose money with that. I just think they don't make as much. They don't lose money, but they just might not make as much. But I, how you? I have a hard movie. time believing movie theaters lose a lot of money on most things. Now, big big budget movies have become a flop, sure. But just remember, for every two hundred fifty million dollar budget movie that flops out and doesn't make five hundred back, there's a you know, a Blumhouse movie that makes four times its cost five to make ends up making sixty five yeah, million. I yeah, mean, of course. There's there's money to be made in movies. Just gotta but, do it right. I mean, there's gonna be a big thing, a big revelation on how we do films, but so October sixteenth, Honest Thief, Love and Monsters, which is VOD and the Trial of Chicago Seven, Netflix. I think we get we're gonna get uh what's that next Friday then? We get Honest Thief, huh? We 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 may get that. I don't see why we wouldn't. That's that's Liam though. I mean if Russell Crowe can be trusted to open a movie, maybe Liam can too. Well, here's the thing. We're too close to it now for them to be like, we're not going to do it. I mean, They've already passed that window. That's next week. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if it comes out October, you know before 2021 it'll be on a streaming service of some sort. So, I mean, yeah. there's always that. Which we will – I'm actually kind of excited to watch that one in theater. That's one I would love to see in the theaters. Big sound, big picture. Yeah, of course. Sure. And then nothing expect, nothing of note until well actually The Witches on HBO Max is October twenty second. Is that an Anne Hathaway thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, HBO Max, which means it's Warner Brother in house, which was probably supposed to have been theatrical at some point, but I think it's a series. No, it's no, not. It's no, it's a, it's a film. It's a movie. movie. But yeah. here's the thing: I never heard anything about that until like two weeks Recently, ago. Recently, yeah. This well, they wanted to get it out for Halloween. They just during all this commotion, they just yeah, didn't. They just hugged it. October twenty third. The Empty Man, October twenty eighth. The Craft Legacy VOD, October thirtieth, which is a, that coming Wait, that Friday. Wait, they're making a Craft movie. Yeah, the Craft. That's what I thought was weird. The Craft Legacy because it doesn't. I love the original Craft. What's well, a good movie? It was it decent. Was different at the time. I I, I I remember the chant. It's I bind you, Nancy, from doing that. Was, Nancy was her name. The that weird look woman who was in um. What was the Adam Sandler movie? The Water Boy. She was the woman. Marissa Bulk. Yeah, that is is that her name? Yeah. I knew that was something weird. Okay, got something you. Something super weird. And then Roger, I want to show you what comes out October twenty eighth, <laughs> a re-release of. I could let you guess for a million years, and you never would. Alita Battle Angel re-release. <laughs> Oh Why? my god. Why are we getting that re-release? What for? I don't know. But it's going theatrically. I mean, if it doesn't cost you much to put it back in. Listen, and... I already watched Elite Battle Angel in a movie theater <laughs> once. Wasn't good then. My Won't god. be good. Wait, we is did it not like, score is, that well. Is it like a well, it's not a good movie. It's no. just like some director's cut. It doesn't cut? say but it doesn't say director's cut, it just says re-release, so God, why? But okay, look, if it's if they look at the numbers and say, okay, it'll cost us, let's just say, nine hundred some k, a million to put in theaters, and it ends up making three or four in the long run. 
Who I mean, really it's, it's, again though, they will never. They wouldn't just. They wouldn't put it back out there. They expect it to lose money. But I'm. I'm assuming. I don't. I don't know. I. Don't, I Move on. Something. Like, who, Talk about something else. But like, who cares? Like, that's my thing. Is like that movie didn't do anything when it came no, out. After watching it the first time, I will never care about Alita Battle Angel again. God. I mean, when she just awkwardly points at the sky at the end. Remember that? When oh, she's, she's got like the, Ed Norton. The Ed Norton's like, up there. Yeah, she's yeah. got like the rollerball thing tucked oh under her God. arm. Oh, there's a movie God. they wanted to put like four sequels on Yikes. too. Yikes! Indeed. Woo. Freaky the Friday the Thirteenth, November Thirteenth was the Friday. We get Freaky. We actually looked at that trailer. We are excited for that one. So uh, I meant to bring this up a couple nights. I was talking to a few of my buddies. We were playing uh, some Xbox together. And I meant to bring up Freaky because a couple of them were pretty big horror movie buffs, and I forgot to. So I wanted to touch base with them before that comes out and see what they think. I think they might be like, "Hey, this could be okay." So I'm gonna actually respect their opinion on horror movies because you know I don't really do horror. We've talked about that many, many times. Uh, sure. I like to do good horror. I don't like to do bad horror. Well, that's the thing. Most, and most, most of it teeters on bad horror. Actually, but. so my one buddy just remember we had spoke briefly about Letterboxd about how you know you rank movies to your own accord. He sent me his own personal list, and it's called horror movies that don't suck. All right, so, we'll talk about that one. Yeah, we'll close to Halloween, we'll talk about sure. that. Sure. All right, and then November 25th, which is the thanks. Well, the, the, that week of Thanksgiving, we have The Crude, still a new age, and uh, Happiest Season, which was shot in Pittsburgh. So look forward to that if you're local. What's and then that about? I don't know that. Happiest Season is um, uh, Twilight Girl. What's her name? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, like a bunch of people in that movie. Mm. Um, December 11th, and there's the next one, Free Guy. December 18th still has Coming to America, Death on the Nile, which I don't think we'll see either one of those. I mean, Death on the Nile, they just moved to that spot because that was supposed to be October 23rd or something Oh, like that. that was supposed to be more recent, wasn't that? And then December 25th, Christmas week, News of the World, Pixar. Pixar's soul, actually. They moved that, too. That interesting. Was and Wonder Woman. That's interesting. Wonder Woman Christmas Day, huh? I could actually see that more than I could see Top Gun, more than I could see some of the other things that were there. I mean, I'll always be disappointed that we're going to Top Gun on Christmas. <laughs> of course, of course. Because then you get to ask the question forever, is Top, and then Gun, Roger, Top Gun a Christmas movie? And then, <laughs> and then Roger on December 30th, and this is random Monster Hunter. That's a definitely I, I hope placeholder. that silence was a good answer for you. <laughs> well, I mean, sure typically, though, typically, though, in regular movie world, you don't get new releases in that Friday between Christmas and... Um, no. Uh, New Year's normal. Unless you want something to die. Yeah, that's pretty much the dead space. Yes. Like that's an an unfillable weekend usually. Because it's it's also nothing... one of the slowest. Because everyone's busy, you know, getting ready for what whatever they are going on. What was it last? Was it last year or the year before? Um, it was actually the Friday. The release date was the thirty first, which is New yeah. Year's Eve. I mean, you're not exactly pulling a big movie theater crowd on New Year's Eve, even in non COVID times. That's not a great. No movie release, which is why early January is generally the dead drop again. I mean, it's going to be different this year. Obviously, things have been different since the beginning of. 2020. I think things are going to be very different going well, forward. I think here. I think we might end up with like a fairly stacked January, February, March. March is generally when things take the turn. Valentine's Day weekend, though. Valentine's Day weekend is usually when like, hey, we'll put some money back into the movie theater again. That's normally where it would go because a lot of junk comes out in january well it's I mean, you get junk and you get oscar movies yeah yeah you do well you re-release oscars yes yeah, yeah of course that's a good time to release them though and mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's talk about some trailers fat man with mel gibson and <laughs> walton goggins so let's talk about fat man for a second fat man was not what i thought it was going to be in a not trailer even a little bit so uh fat man is mel gibson playing santa and somebody's trying to kill him and guess what 
He ain't having none of it. <laughs> He's not, <laughs> having none of it. None of it. Yeah. None of it. Sir. Um, this is a movie that I would, I would say going into it looks stupid, but you, I know coming out of it, I'm going to love it. Like it's just. Yeah, I mean, so a large part of the trailer is Mel Gibson with a big Santa Claus looking beard walking through the snow with a. Sh- uh, a pump action shotgun in his hand just blowing things up which is look that's okay in my book yeah and Walton Goggins has some he's going to Alaska to kill Santa it's just he's been hired to kill Santa watch the trailer if it doesn't make you smile at least once I mean listen the absurdity of it will make you at least laugh that's what I mean the the absurdity of it is what sells it I mean I'm I'm sure they wasn't an expensive movie to make I'm sure 15 or less listen you know I'm here for Walton Goggins (laughs) Always. Well, I'm here for Mel, so that's, we're on the opposite end of that one. But look, I do love me some Walton Goggins, I'll, I'll say. say Don't some, you ever Goggins. talk ill of this man? I, I like Goggins. He's good. Um, I don't expect great things from it. I expect... I expect the greatest fun. things from it. I expect fun things from it. You know, I expect there to be a couple of good one-liners that people quote for a while, stuff like that. Just don't suck. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't suck. That's our, <laughs> that's our motto on this show. I mean, it just always comes back to that. That's how low reason. the bar is set. I just hope it doesn't suck. Well, listen... You know why that bar is set low? It's because it, it is low. Things right. keep sucking. So yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed our our wildly differing opinion from last week for Enola Holmes. <laughs> Good God. Good Lord, man. I don't. That was the biggest. So I did go back and listen to a few episodes. That is by far the biggest gap we've ever had between me and you personally. I think so. We've we've, we've had some joke gaps, well, we, but we, not We've anything. had differences before, and it's, you know, sometimes but we just don't like it. not usually more than a not, few points. Yeah, not a five-point swing. I mean, that's yeah. literally half our scale. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you had the the, the mid of the middle of the lower, I had the middle of the higher. Yeah, quite, quite literally. Uh, news of the world with Tom Hanks. What does your instinct tells you tell you about this one, Roger? I'm sure you've seen the trailer by now, so if you haven't checked it out, but Roger, what does your instinct tell you about this? Uh, Tom Hanks going to nominate for another Oscar? Can that is that man? Can someone please stop that man? Why would you want to do? No, that? you wouldn't. He's the greatest he dude can. ever. Uh, however, I did have a, an epiphany during watching this trailer. I'm pretty certain by watching this that they must have filmed this movie in Australia, which means it would have been the movie that Tom Hanks was on when he got COVID, when him and his wife got COVID. <laughs> Which is, they're, 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 sure they're, they're fine now. If you just gasped, which you should have, they're fine now. God, remember how long ago it was we talked about Tom Hanks, don't, like, don't let him die? <laughs> that was, <laughs> Hashtag don't let Tom Hanks die. That was like five die. months ago. It was. That was, oh, that was the, that, because that weekend is when, you know what's funny about that is my, okay, so I was on that movie in Buffalo with my buddy who was the accountant, and I remember Wednesday morning, Tom Hanks had admitted he got the, coronavirus and then that afternoon we were shut down so it's funny how like we made the joke that tom hanks getting it made it more serious for everybody well it gave a uh, somebody you actually knew about to yeah yeah move along so I yeah know. i mean it's it is what it is but tom hanks we're glad you're okay if you want to call into the show feel free yes <laughs> we'll, we will afford you a five minute spot how's that sound good 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 I'm excited for News of the World. I mean, Tom Hanks bring what Tom Hanks brings with him is, of course, stellar stellar performance, and he brings with him big production and production value, sure. which I always look forward to, especially his interactions with people. And I love – there's a certain kind of Tom Hanks that I just think is above pretty much any other performer on the screen at all times ever is when he sits down and talks to someone face-to-face – coming to a conclusion that he's already come to about like I say in Green Mile when he talks to John Coffey about 
John Crawford, you want me just to let you go? What do I tell God when I when I meet him and tell? Then he, and then and again, and I didn't see that all the way again until what is that movie? Won't you be my neighbor? No, no. it was before that. Um, okay. Finding Saving Mr. Banks. Okay. When when, when he sits down with uh, Emma Thompson, Emma Thomas, is that her name? I think it's her name. Thompson, Emma Thompson, and says, you know, I I figured out it's your father. Why won't you sell me the character of Mary? Like, that's the kind of Tom Hanks I love. And I think we're going to get that in this one. Good. I saw a scene which could evolve into that, so I'm, I hope well, we do Well, so the, the, the counterpoint to that, and I'm not trying to, to bait you on anything Tom Hanks related, is when was the last time that Tom Hanks did something that wasn't good? Now, the only movie that I haven't liked that he's been in recently was The Post, just because that movie just, like, jerked itself off so many times. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um yeah, that's, that's true. Right. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I, thanks for the phallic motion. That's too. right. There was a lot of <laughs> a lot of wanky wanky in that movie. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's not even because Tom Hanks is bad. I just didn't like that movie. You know, he doesn't get attached to things. No, and even what's the movie we just watched? The Battle Greyhound. Mm-hmm. But even he elevates certain materials. Well, so there was problems with that movie. But he, he was, was not, not one it. of the no, no, not at no, all, no, no, no. not at all. No, and he always steals the show. I haven't. It's been. Probably since before I've been alive. Maybe I was super young. The last I mean, time someone talk outacted about the him. best Tom Hanks movie ever made, Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party or The Burbs? Was that that? No, nope. Burbs. Bachelor Party. Fair, fair enough. Bachelor Party. <laughs> I love that movie. And you know what? I just watched recently, as in like months ago, right when COVID started. But um, The Terminal. I forgot how oh, good that movie is. Excellent movie. Frick, man, that movie is so good. Uh, you want to segue one more thing with Tom Hanks? Me, I, that I briefly mentioned to you. So they got they they finally have started to really lock down distribution rights for basically the third sequence of Band of Brothers. Another ten. Oh, we just talked about that yeah, briefly. So yeah. in two thousand was it two thousand one? Band the first round of Band of Brothers came, um, and then in two thousand and ten we had the Pacific, which. Told a really good story, wasn't quite as... Wasn't quite Band of Brothers. Wasn't, well, I mean, that's really high bar. Um, but so we're going to get a third story from the same same group of people, Playtone, which is Tom Hanks's uh, studio with Spielberg attached and all this, uh, called Masters of the Air about uh, some aerial battles. World War II. And World War II. You know, it's funny... Listen, we t- I'm here for it. Well, you know, it's funny is that's also... That was like one of the biggest HBO productions that I had at the time known of. But, like, that's also, we talk about Game of Thrones being, like, some of the best-produced television. Like, mm-hmm. Band of Brothers is, if not equal, it's better. Well, listen, I, there is... Dollar for dollar, so pound for pound. Every Memorial Day, every Memorial Day, I watch Band of Brothers. I don't know why I do it. It's just something that I do. And I am never disappointed. Disappoint or bored. And, well, here's the thing. Yeah. You know, I've seen all of them many, many times. And each one of them, every time I watch it, I notice something else. I'm just like, man, that's so goddamn good. Yeah. Because it's, it's yeah. just so, I mean, 20 years later, and it's still fantastic. And they keep re-releasing it. And it keeps selling. Yes, See, and it should. Like, good. I have, it on every, I have it on VHS. I have it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray. I have it on 4K. I'd have it on Laserdisc if it was available. I just I buy it every time I see it. You know what? That's something we should do for the show. We should get a Laserdisc player and just start picking up old Laserdisc Man, movies and watching that, yeah. them. They're expensive. Yeah. They're good. not cheap. Because it was a like, very limited run What was the other thing before 4K? Well, like, well, a long no, time but, ago. No, but, no, but I'm thinking, remember when Blu-ray and... HD Blu- DVD. Is that what it was? HD DVD? Yeah, the, the, the two that Christmas yeah. were dueling. Yeah, HD DVD. Because then... 
Blu-ray won of out course, overall. Because, because the porn industry went Blu-ray. But mm-hmm. yeah, because HD DVD was just a DVD when Blu-ray was like a different. It wasn't. It was, it was a not different, a, different format. It, was a, it wasn't a different. Yeah, it was a different format. But yeah, that's, I remember that's that. That's the the one technology battle that Sony actually won. Because they lost between VCR and Betamax back in the but day. But all their tech is usually better. It's just more expensive. Well, that that matters. Yeah. Well, no. Of course it does. A lot. Especially in, in the United States, it matters. Was it just HD whatever? Yeah. What else would it have been? I'm just, I'm just, I don't remember. Just, I remember because Xbox like, sold I, that attachment. I think it was a dumber name than that, though. So. No, I thought it was HD DVD, which is just like a super DVD. It's, you know, it's not much different. But. Well, let's get into it, Roger. Let's let's knock out the war with Grandpa first. If we could, please, sir. It was just HD DVD. Yeah, I told you. That was backed by Toshiba. Toshiba. That was rated one of the best technology failures of all time. HD DVD was? Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised to know what other failures were on that list. I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick segment and a <laughs> quick segue into some tech news. You talk, failures. I'll just chime in with tech news in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the War with Grandpa, October 9th, 2020, so very recent. Directed by Tim Hill. And the cast is where... It, I start to... What I thought about this movie and the cast oh, is where Toshiba I start to differ. lost a billion dollars on that. HD <laughs> DVDs? Jeez, Toshiba. All right. Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, Rob Riggle, Walken. Cheech Marin, Jane Seymour, Christopher Walken. Where did this... Why did this movie have this cast? You could have literally got people off the street to play some of these roles. Yes. Now, wasn't De Niro in the movie with... Zach Efron, and he was like a raunchy grandfather. Wasn't that him that as was well? Bad grandpa. Bad grand. No, no, no. I don't no. think it was called Brad, but I, I think we're thinking of the same movie. It was. Yes, yes, that was him. Dirty grandpa. Dirty grandpa. Dirty. Sorry, bad well, grandpa. Was, was Johnny Knoxville. Dirty grandpa is like the super raunchy version of the movie we're about to talk about today. Uh, I mean, when we're talking about raunchy. We're talking about like super rated rated R. Um, although there's surprisingly the same amount of. You know, frontal male frontal nudity in this movie that there was in that one. Too. There is some old man dick and balls. <laughs> poor Rob Riggle. Um, yeah, poor Rob Riggle who poor saw it twice. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get. So, what would you? How would you describe this movie to someone? So, if someone said Roger, sum it up for me. How would you do it? Bad. I don't think that's. Why would you just say bad? Because that's what this movie is. It's bad, but I think. It's <laughs> oh wait, you want more descriptively bad? Like describe the movie. Uh. The plot of the film. So this kid, our grandpa has to move in with, uh, Robert De Niro has to move in with uh, his daughter's family. And, uh, and he, he ends, up, his he ends up taking the grandson's room and the grandson declares war on him. With his friends. Just, I don't know, like, just, it's one of the stupidest premises. Yeah, but... and listen, first off, let's talk about the logistics of this. <laughs> all right? So he gets bumped out of the one room and up to the attic. The attic is way doper. Way cooler. Way yeah. cooler. It's huge. He's yep. got windows. Oh, my God. This kid's an idiot. Yeah, stupid. Moron. I mean, Look at all that privacy you get up on a third floor. Yeah. I mean, it's. I would prefer to be in the attic. Given what we saw, I'd prefer to be where the, where the kid was for the movie. For sure. Um, so this one is... And it's all downhill from there. I worked in a movie theater long enough to know this would have done fantastic money. It would have done obscene amounts of money. Uh, I would imagine this would have done probably 60 or 70 mm-hmm. in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, we definitely nope. would have. Nope. This is the kind of movie that Listen, parents it, bring their kids it may to. Have been, it may have been number one for a couple of weeks. 60 and 70 million? 
No way. You don't think it hits it'd that be, number? It'd be lucky if it hit $60 million its entire run. That's what I'm talking about. It would have done 60 or 70 its entire run. No, you said in the first two weeks. No, no, no. I, I, so, sorry. I meant to say that in the entire run, it would have done 60 or 70. It would have stuck around for a while because people think they can see this movie. <laughs> Saturday morning and Sunday Listen. morning would have been big war with Grandpa times, for sure. Uh, you weren't right. here long enough to know that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you're you the did. one that said it was doing like $35 million opening weekend. I think it probably would have done 30 to 35 no. Yeah, and then just take it, it, it off would, from there. It may have topped at 20 and that would have been about it. Mm, I, th- I think differently, but... I mean, listen, this would have gone out straight up against Greenland and got beaten to oblivion. <laughs> I mean, I just want to tell you that right now. Maybe it would have been beaten to oblivion. We don't know for sure, but that's like... Bludgeoned. Bloody pulp. <laughs> uh, okay, so Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman. So, Robert De Niro is the only one that I knew was in this because we didn't... We've only seen the trailer. We didn't I, talk I knew much Rob about it. Wiggle was in it because he's in the trailer. I didn't realize that was actually Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman, me neither. I thought it was going to be something that looked like, like It's like I'm staring at it for a minute and I'm like, is that Uma Thurman? Is that really Uma Thurman? But the same with like Does Christopher. She need money? The same with when he when, when he gets when uh, his daughter when Uma drops him off at his uh, his friend's place and it's like the guy's looking at the TV not talking to Robert Neal but he's I was like that's Christopher Walken's voice mm-hmm. I definitely and I'm like what is this movie it comes out of nowhere this is there's a huge cast for this movie now do you think they did it for them they didn't do it for the money there's no way this movie costs more than ten they or they probably million. just did it to be in a movie with De Niro I would imagine honestly. they all have a good time doing this you know. And I, I, it makes me laugh because um, Jane Seymour and Christopher Walken were husband and wife in Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that's like, call me Kitty Cat. Wow. <laughs> and Owen Wilson's like, what is going on? No, that's when uh, Vince Vaughn yells at him. He's like, oh, some old hot woman, oh, some old hot broad rubber cans can. in your face. <laughs> oh, boo hoo Hit her with the motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> Try getting jerked off under the table. <laughs> your whole family's there. <laughs> I love that movie. Yes, love it so much. You do. That movie's bad. Uh, um, it, no, <laughs> incorrect, sir. So let's get back to it. So okay, so we have a great cast, and the the the, the movie's premise is kind of is is really just not it's one that I would have sold on. But it, it 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 held my attention. I have to say, it held my attention. But again, it wouldn't have had the cast not been what it was. No, probably not. So I mean, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to be too negative about this movie. But honestly, it's 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 really not very good. But I did laugh a couple of times, which, in comparison to other movies I've watched recently, was quite a lot. So, you know, the part where, you know, he's standing there, Robert De Niro's character, old grandpa, is nude in front of Rob Riggle, and he freaks out. That was pretty funny to me. You know, when he walks I was out su- of the bathroom the first time. I was surprised. Given the nature of the film, I was surprised that that, was, that, that happened. Because it it's rated PG, not, well, not I mean, PG-13. You don't see his old hairy dog. You, you don't see it, but, it, I mean, implied has to matter somewhere on the line, doesn't it, on the scale? I don't know. No? Okay, well, Riggle sees him twice. Twice. Dangling twig and berries twice. And both times, I think, is pretty funny. Um, the well, second this, the second time he's outside of a window and you see it through a bush, it's really... I thought it was really kind of a funny scenario, but... This movie, there, there was, there was makings of Home Alone here. There was makings of all kinds of movies here. It just, I don't think as a movie I could recommend this to anyone that doesn't have a reason to sit down with a kid and watch a movie. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You talk about last week not rec- not recommending an old homeless to an adult. I cannot recommend this to an adult because I don't think there's anything there for adults. No, there's really not. But there are some things I appreciate about this movie. I appreciate the Christmas themed birthday party. I thought that yeah. was actually pretty interesting. Like, they went all out for it. 
And yeah, that one. Yeah, that was nice. You know, and then things got wacky, <laughs> wacky and I hilarious. Mean, I I love that they went. They with, were not wacky. We're I went with hilarious. motifs. They went with motifs here. They went with themes that kept coming back. Since such, a, I love the the, <laughs> the cop that Uma the, the mother. She kept at one scene. She in her car. She drank coffee, coffee that was meant for Grandpa from a little kid. And she she spits it out and then throws it right on a cop. The and then of her vehicle, yeah. ten or fifteen minutes later, First same of all, thing hold with on. The snake. I have a question about that. Who leaves coffee in a coffee mug as, as they drive? drive? Yeah, That's the, crazy. It's talk. one of those movie logic that would never have happened. Well, here's the thing: she could have just had it in a regular. To go cup like, like a, a thermos, thermos yeah. because but, that's how I drink my but coffee. That's not, but, that, but that's not fun to throw in a cop, though. You certainly could do that, though. You well, just unscrew it obviously and they didn't toss think it out the window. It, obviously, they didn't think of that. Or four they, seconds. They to do it. Four seconds, and it makes it uh, more believable to me. Well, and then again, with the, with the snake, she tossed. But nothing ever comes of the cop, which I was kind of disappointed in. Nothing ever comes of the cop. I love how we the, 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 the older daughter's boyfriend keeps getting... Russell, <laughs> the new I mean, but there's a there's a reason that he's in the film. There's a reason that they bring that. I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure the the movie is better served with the reason that they show us and not just as a comedic effect every time. Mm. I think. It, but I mean, you have a different movie when you start to do the comedic. You have a, a PG-13 mm. R-rated movie when you start doing it, right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah. It changes the Before whole. Four for Grandpa you know. is rated R. It might have been fun. <laughs> I thought it was... I mean, like, if he just hovers over him in his sleep, he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, old man. <laughs> like, or even better, De Niro does You don't it. think that would have been hilarious? Well, I, I think it would have been better if De Niro did it to his grandson. <laughs> he, he just sitting there, like, pulls a knife on him. <laughs> <laughs> Fought in Korea, son. Don't, don't mess with me. I've seen things. <laughs> I've seen things. I've done things. Dark things. <laughs> <laughs> this, this would have been a better movie had it been rated more heavily like more towards the adult oriented things sure but i mean it's not made for that and it's not ever going to be made for that no but the but the the title would have been changed the cat i mean the whole story would have been rewritten completely i mean, I mean so grandpa being dead you know. <laughs> <laughs> like like blue from old school yes. guys in the ky wrestling man mm-hmm. uh, so i did find this movie charming in a weird way because it's i actually growing up I started working in a movie theater when I was 16. I actually really dug these kind of movies. And there, there was like 10 or 15 a year. These really campy, hokey movies where everything always works out and there's never a problem. No one's ever sick. No one's ever gets hurt. I actually kind of dug these. On watching this now as an adult in the theater, I'm not sure I enjoy it as much. No, because you realize how many problems there actually are with this movie. And some of the stuff that they try to play off as funny, and it's actually not funny at all. Which is something I mentioned to you before we started. So they ended up, it basically ends up with, uh, what's the kid's name? Oh. Um, him and Grandpa end Peter. up. Peter. Peter and... Uh, Oaks Fegley, which is actually pretty good. He's fine. I mean, none of the acting in this movie is overly bad. But he and they end up basically what it devolves to is just a prank war where they lay out these ground rules, you know, like no collateral damage, you can't ruin things, they call it truce, things like that, okay? But at one point during like peak prank war, he sets off the old man's life alert. Okay? That's not funny. Because when right, you when not. you screw with things like that, like that takes emergency service away from other people. Like, haha, that's not funny. You know, no, I mean, but people, I mean, they they play it off as it's over the top and hilarious. Those aren't funny. No, jokes. I I agree with you because like the people, the the responders would have been very serious. I feel like there yes. would have been some kind of a there would have been issue. there would have been a 
police repercussions a warning or for something. that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure something. But I mean, but I mean, but it, that's you know, horror movies have their own logic. Comedies also have their same this on the parallel universe, the same ridiculous logic that doesn't apply to real world situations, but their world it does. Well, but I mean, the one thing I want to bring up and why you know I'm not trying to be like, oh, you know, you should never prank with the police or whatever, but that's not what I'm trying to go for. But I mean, in the same prank war where he took all the bolts out of his desk and his desk falls over, like that's you know, okay, funny. that's on the level of a prank war with an 11 year old, okay? Like that's kind of yeah. different to me. I love when he walks in the room, after he takes a piece of tape off the door. Because he, he, that's so the kid could know he went in, so he took took it off, put it back on, and he walks in with the thing as amateur. Yeah. I thought that was funny. You know, it's it's stupid comedy, but I thought it was pretty hilarious. But at least that fit, you and know. Let me ask you this. I so, like that he destroyed his castle. <laughs> that he spent three years of his, a quarter of his 12-year-old life building, yeah. Which was, I mean, we, weird, but... now yeah, we always explain we, how he did that. We either. always talk about things... Rolls cast the way they are. If this wasn't De Niro, mm-hmm. would this movie have been no slight? <laughs> would I would have wouldn't have been greenlit. I know there was a movie. There was there was a moment about six minutes in. I was like, I'm already kind of done with this movie. But like, I don't remember. I, I obviously kind of grew to like it. But I I forget what the moment was. But it was a stupid moment that just like wow, this is what passes for Hollywood script writing these days. Yeah, it's, it's here's bad. The, this movie's just bad. Overall, listen, you can enjoy parts of this. Like I said, I laughed, but it's not good. It's not good at all. But even in those same, like, I, I, I reference movies like Unaccompanied Minors a lot, which I really kind of dug at the time. I think I was 20 or 21. It, you know, there was a, it was fun for me and some friends to see some kids, you know. But this movie is different than any kind of those other films like that because it's, there's no... I don't. There's no consequence for anything that happened. Even like you said, the life alert. Right. Zero consequence for you know what would have been a, a police citation to the family. Yeah. Like If this happens again, we're gonna have to do something. Yeah. Don't you know, do like, it's just it's a joke, and you know the whole dodgeball scene is stupid. I think was ripped straight from um. What was uh, we just had a sequel, Bad Moms Christmas, mm-hmm. when all the moms and all the would that was ripped straight from that movie, oh, which I was have, which was. We, we talked that. about that. I didn't watch that movie. Bad Mom's Christmas Mm-mm. with Mila Kunis and no, I know, I know Jay Hernandez. About. I never watched. Yeah, that. but like that was ripped from that movie, which I'm sure was ripped from ten other movies. But like that, I mean, it's straight out of the. I'm sure they used the same place, the same place. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, it's it's just one of those things that I, I just know after seeing so many movies, you just start to notice. You know, things. you know, one thing that bothered me about this movie is they play up every senior citizen trope that there is about how they don't want to use self checkouts and they don't want to do this and then that. Like, come on, man. That's that's a low-hanging fruit there. Like, that's not even smart. Listen, who was, who first was that guy off, in the beginning that tried to stop him? The guy where he was stealing stuff? Yeah, who was that guy? I can't think of that guy's name. Uh, he's been in a ton of movies. Yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. I can't think of him, but, but yeah, uh, on. yeah, I mean, that's... Come on, man. Like, I agree. It's, it's just stupid. It's not... It's just... You're right. Low, low-hanging, low-brow. It's just... It doesn't... It's not funny. None of this movie... This movie thinks it's clever. It's not. It just, it just isn't clever at all. So. Oh, it's Faze on Love, who was... Oh, yeah, the manager. I was thinking about the guy from... The manager from Elf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think is another movie that I lost touch with over the years, and I'm kind of glad I did, but... What, what else is wrong with this movie? There's tons of stuff. I think Riggle was misused. Rob Riggle's a funny guy. He can be hilarious. But, like, in this one, he was kind of wasted. He's just a dope. It should have... <laughs> Again, you get a different movie, but if it's the dad always threatening the daughter's boyfriend, it's much more rated R. Well, especially if it's better. Rob Riggle, because Rob yeah. Riggle's like 6'4", like yeah. 275. Listen, and kind of crazy. You would you not know? want to fight Rob Riggle. No. I wouldn't. 
No, I no, not one bit. And I'll fight a lot of people. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'll fight a lot of people. Um, there is lots of misses in well, this one. He was actually like a marine or something, too. So nah, I don't want none of that. Oh, Cheech Marin was. I like. I like Cheech in this movie too. I love it. He hits on all the women. That's kind of funny. It is funny, like but again, it's PG. Trip. Like it's not. It's it's nothing that can truly be funny because it's you can't go above a certain level of raunchy. But no, I think this movie would have been better. Maybe it's PG thirteen. Nah, probably not. Probably actually would have got dumber. You think so? Yeah, because then it goes over. That's I think fair. if it gets PG thirteen or R, you get to over the top kind of like. Because I because as much as we talk about it, and as much as that movie was way probably way worse than you and I both rated it because we loved it. Good Boys, a rated R comedy with kids. That has so much potential. If it's done well, <laughs> it can be amazing. I think Good Boys is one of those examples that just, it was, you know, it was really well done and it was hilarious. And mm-hmm. you and I probably liked it more than we should have because we love that ass nine well, good boys inappropriate is, good stuff. Good Boys is funny. It is funny. And it's thoughtful and clever. This movie? None of those things. None no. of those words you can use to describe it. I mean, listen, it may be thoughtful. That's just about it. It's not clever. It's not funny. Yeah. I mean, they're they're probably they at tried, most. They tried to artificially inject emotion into this movie. Yo. Like when they take that thing where they're looking at like the fireplace or whatever. Way bad. Yeah. yeah. No. That didn't work And it work just goes. I, yeah. Not not great. Mm, I think there are probably three laughs total in this whole movie. And two of them involve penises. And two of them. <laughs> let's say two of them involve crotches of some sort. Mm. Yeah. Old man balls. Nice. Yeah, I would say probably you're probably better off if if you want to go to a movie theater. This this isn't going to be the thing that pulls you there. Yeah, that's yeah. So again, though, if you don't put out good movies, no one's going to come to the movie theater. <laughs> that's the catch my dude. This is the movie that we keep getting. So let's 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 rate this bad boy. Want me to go? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. Good three. I Done. can't. I think it sucks like Enola Holmes. Bang, bang! <laughs> oh, my God. You think Enola Holmes and this movie are on the same level? See, okay, fine. I can be just as mad at you when you say that when you say that I thought Enola Holmes was one point better than Joker. I think you putting Enola Holmes on the level of this movie is just a big well, that, travesty. Well, here's the thing. That means I have to put it as a zero if I go look. That's fine. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's not a zero. It's but, way better than Holmes and Watson. But again, though, it's going to be a movie that I'm not ever going to recommend to anybody. People are like, you see a uh, War for Grandpa? And I'll be like, skip it. Did they have kids? Sure. It's a very kid-centric movie. I have plenty of people. Oh, can we talk about the bullies in this school? They're like... 20 years behind what schools allow, I think, these days. Yeah. I mean, that was like an 80s that level That kid would bully. be in prison. Yeah, <laughs> or just some kid would just knifed him. I mean, what he did, the, he walks up the kids and just dumps their orange juice on their head. Like, I don't think people would put he up with that. He straight up for, does the O'Doyle, though. O'Doyle rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he's, that's an 80s, it's kind of out of, it's kind Again, of a tropey it's, it's thing. It's a bad trope, yeah. It's, it's just like an 80s bully that is in 2020 schools. Like, there's 30 years too and late. the kid's clearly 35 years old, too. <laughs> well, he's not. Those kids that are playing, the kids are actually probably somewhere in the 12 to 15 range, when he's obviously 18 like, to 20. Like 20, yeah. <laughs> so is his friend, too. Mm-hmm. Which is, is, you know, you know what I did laugh at, though, is when the one, when they keep talking on the computer, and the one, his friend's sister keeps interrupting him with like the most the most um, embarrassing stuff I thought that was pretty funny too yeah. because it like that's I think what would have happened someone that age would have been embarrassed by his sister right I mean you maybe and your sister aren't that far off are you no we're we're like what were you I was a senior when she was a freshman so we didn't overlap in school that much 
honestly. I'm sure you gave each other hell. No. Really? Not really. Fair enough. I mean, at home, sure, but <laughs> school was, I mean, listen, we didn't run with the same crowd, so. Can I ask you a question? Did you ever, did you ever fight your sister? 100%. Nice. That's what 100%. I'm <laughs> <laughs> she listens. Well, she listens to this show too. She will absolutely attest to this. What did you? I mean, one thing you guys fought over. Anything you just pull out of your memory? Oh, dumb shit all the time. Like, like what? Like clothes or no clothes? Car? Yes, we share. I don't we, know. we share a lot of clothes. Car? No, I was significantly older than her. Or, you know. like, did you never give her a ride when she wanted it, and she ended up calling you like a bad word? Or no, I'd take her to school if we did. But I mean, most of the time, again though, we didn't run the same crowd Fair by enough, any means right. so no <laughs> listen as you get to adulthood when i you know i am driving it's not socially acceptable to fist fight your sister <laughs> when you're 16 and she's 13 that's not okay it's listen not. you can just throw shit and call each other dicks you mm. know but you know when we we're little of course you know scrapping it up bro mm. so let's talk about the movie of the week the boys in the band switching gears majorly <laughs> to <laughs> About, about as big as a big swing here. About as big as a 180 as you can possibly get. It's like it's way more than a 360 this time. So let's talk about The Boys in the Band. Came out September 30th, 2020. A very new Netflix original directed by Joe Mantello. Mantello. And this was an off Broadway play in the late 60s, very early 70s. <clears throat> now, here's the Netflix description of what. Or sorry, the IMDb description of what this movie is. I'm going to read it verbatim. At a birthday party in 1968, in New York, a surprise guest and a drunken a surprise guest and a drunken game leave seven gay friends reckoning with unspoken feelings and buried truths. So I knew nothing going into this except the fact that we had chosen it for our movie. I kind of like this time. We don't know much about going into movies that we go. It's kind of an interesting time. That sure. Probably won't ever happen again. But nah. Um, so I didn't know much about it. I, I knew, of course, Jim Parsons and Quinto were attached. Um, beside those two, we also have Matt Bomber. We have Andrew Rennells, Charlie Carver. Names that you've... People you've seen, you may not know their names, but you've definitely seen them in numerous things. Yeah. At least by this point, numerous things. Uh, Robert DeJesus, Brian Hutchison. It's, there's a ton of people in this movie. So... And... Well, it's funny you say there's a ton of people, but it's a really small cast. <laughs> it is, but they're good. Yeah. I mean, this is a fantastic cast. Mm -hmm. And it's, I guess, one of the things that I... Now, I didn't know what it was going into it again. I I know the boy... See, I know what the boys in the band is. I didn't know the content, but I knew what it was had someone not told me about this movie. So after I saw it, God, that's very familiar. I, I was like, oh, because I did a little research, it was a play. Um, and so this is, this is a... One of the many adaptions, and the guy, the guy who directed it, his name is Joe Mantello. He also did a revival not too long ago of a of a series, I believe. No, of a, of a Broadway, of another Broadway that um, Parsons and Quinto were both part of. Also, so that's interesting too. Okay. Uh, but it was a very different take. Uh, his revival many years ago was focused around the Quinto character of Harold, not the Jim Parsons character of Michael, which this movie kind of revolves Michael around is Michael the is the, piece, yep. the centerpiece here. So it's it's I can appreciate different. I'm glad he did different, not just the same thing in, 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 in a film. And kudos to Netflix for actually putting money behind something like this because though it was very the the what three locations? Street, apartment, yeah. hallway. Um there's some money behind this. I mean it's it's there's production value, yeah. sure. That's why I like so I'm kudos Netflix for this, but 
again, before we dive into it, how do you recommend this movie to somebody, Roger? How do I do it? How would you? Well, here's going to be a thing. Depending on who I'm talking to about what movies, this is a movie that's going to be interesting for me to suggest for people because there's going to be a lot of folks that don't like this movie. Because just, of the subject matter. Just based on the subject matter. Right. And that's, that is what it is. Different story for another. There's also a lot of male nudity in this. <laughs> significant amount. A, a significant more. And this is rated R. And War of Grandpa was rated P13. But both have male nudity. All, all, the, all the dick and balls jokes coming out here. <laughs> that's uh, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen. You want something that will make you think a little bit. This movie is one of those. If you want something that's got a lot of drama in it, this movie definitely has some drama in it. And the one problem that I have with this movie, and I'll go ahead and say it right now, is when it comes to, to suggesting something, is like I like to tell people what I don't like about things sometimes. This movie has an unresolved plot point. Um, that a, just, a very obviously unresolved yes, plot point. Yes, an too. unresolved plot point. And if you wanted to think about things, this movie might be for you. Well, the, one of the strengths of a movie like this... Now, I always... I call this movie... I call these kind of movies phone booth movies because, you know, for 90 or 95% of it, one location. Yep. And you're you're not relying on special effects, green screen, nope. you know, big car chases, gunfights. You're relying purely on the talent of whoever is performing Commanding the room. And I got... I mean, that's what I... Because, like, to me, that's so much of what I love in films is what I single out as powerful performances at certain times not it's not the big you know it's not the big gunfights you it i always use this example too in troy it's not the 50,000 against 50,000 fight that you're looking forward to it's the hector and achilles Mm -hmm. fight you're really looking forward to and same with this though is there are at one time i think there are 10 guys in a room but when it not even 10 eight somewhere like seven to ten so you but you we were going around the room and they're talking to each other. It's at very at, at times. It's so good. It like electrifies. Yeah, it's it's really good. And because mostly because of how they talk to each other too. Because listen, let's let's just cut straight to the chase here. Every character in this movie, any speaking character in this movie, um, is a homosexual. And this is based in the late '60s, early '70s. So things were a little bit different there for. Most of the gay population. Especially in New York. Especially too. in New yeah. York, yep. Um, obviously, still to this day, things aren't quite so socially acceptable. A lot more than what they were in the early 70s, early 60s, early 70s. But uh, there's a couple of guys here that play it straight lace. You know, they don't try to hide, or they don't... Uh, you would not know that they were gay, which actually comes out as something... It's uh, a big It's theme a big point here. in it's this a, movie. Yeah. And then there's a, you know, there's a wide range of folks, you know, to the overly effeminate guy who talks with a lisp, like exaggerated to the point where the other guys tell him he needs to butch it up because, you know, a straight a straight guy's coming over. He, he drops his voice back down and goes, how about the Giants winning the pennant? You know, <laughs> and th- th- like that's funny. It is funny. But that that is a whole theme of this movie and it, be, it would be uncomfortable for some folks if you're not knowing what you're getting into here. Now you should probably have a little, a, at least a little bit of an open mind going into this. Yeah. So listen, this movie is good because it will make you uncomfortable if you're not okay with that. So I, I think it. That's matters. fair. I think. Listen, that's the, the fair story that say. it tells, the story that weaves through. So there's there's a good bit of filler. The basic of the story is it's a birthday party for Harold, and um, 
who is it that shows up? Um, the roommate, the old college room. What's his name? Oh, Alan. Alan. A- that's Alan. Right. So uh, the Alan, guy who's really struggling yeah, with what he Alan is. Alan and yeah. Michael um, were collegiate roommates. Where uh, Michael never came out of the closet until far after he graduated college. They actually make it a point to to bring that out. Um, Michael or Alan calls up Michael out of the blue. Uh, Michael says, hey, we're having a birthday party. Might not be your scene because, you know, he's never actually come out to Alan. And Alan ends up at the party anyway. And it gets pretty intense and very uncomfortable for Alan immediately. Well, pretty much in uh, five minutes after he walks in the door, it's he knows what he's into. And yeah. he's... and then he's punched somebody in the face. <laughs> pretty much. Yes, and it really see the, the the parts that I really enjoyed the the parts that I was really riveted, and I thought, man, this is just if 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 any part of this movie's a ten, it's right now. It's the phone calls. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm I'm getting to that. So okay, you know the party the party kind of really gets really intense when Alan shows up, and you know, listen, the fight breaks out legitimately. Somebody gets punched in the face, and Alan and uh, Hank, who is. Uh, the guy who used to be married is now in a relationship with Larry, who is, you know, a guy. So, uh, Alan can't wrap his mind around this, but, you know, Hank takes care of him, takes him up, and he lays down for a while. And the, the party begins, they begin a game, okay, um, with a phone where they have to take the phone for a, to get a total of 10 points to call somebody, and you know, somebody that they truly loved and tell them who it is and that they love them. And this is where this movie really ramps up for me. When you hear stories about how, you know, it was the first person I fell in love with, and, you know, the guy actually makes the call. And then after he makes the call, Bernard, <laughs> Bernard makes this phone call, who is one of the guests of the party. He's the only black man at the party. Um, all the stuff that happens after that immediately for Bernard, like, he basically has a breakdown. Like, I can't believe I did that, can't believe I did that. And then it ends up stirring, like, another fight where they talk about the racist stuff that gets said, even though that he's gay, the, the other racist things. And, like, it just has a real emotional moment um, about, like, hey, I wish you wouldn't talk to me like that. And then they actually, like, apologize. It's kind of like a, like, I guess it would be, like, in a friend group, a breakthrough. Like, hey, don't do that. I hate that. There's that also quite a bit of racism. Like, things, the, well, the comments said are, well, are very colorful. Well, again, though, so time. you think about the time frame, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna have that, um, but you know it actually leads to more development, like more opening up of the characters than you'd think. Like each one of these characters is deeper than you originally get a piece of, uh, for sure. And you know they they go around the room, make everybody making a phone call to see if they get points, and it causes fights. Um, listen, they are extremely catty to each other. I mean straight up dicks at most times to each other you know Main, mainly michael mainly well michael. i don't know they're all michael takes the cake for well, if one of them is more mean than anyone else is definitely michael um but i mean i get that you know when you're around your friends you're meanest to your friends right and that's, that's normally the truth i mean you know right yeah, yeah but like this is where the the real story comes together as you hear bits and pieces of like a love that they had and never became something or like the one guy says it was the first time he'd ever been with a man and things, it tells a really good story, and it all circles around that it comes back to Alan. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil this movie, so I'll, I'll kind of cut it down there. 
And then things really ramp up when they, Alan rejoins the party and apologizes for some stuff. Right, and yeah. He's really conflicted about some things, and that's kind of where I'll let it fly. Um, but I did bury the lead on something here. Um, when Michael ends up, when Alan ends up coming to the party, when he, he was in town from Washington, D.C. into New York, he calls Alan crying. Uh, out of nowhere, and that's how he ends up at this party. So that's the unresolved plot point that we that we run into. So if you watch the movie, you understand. But and you should, I mean, look, you have Netflix. There's no reason not to. I mean, if you like power performances, which if you listen to a movie podcast, chances are you do. So yeah. check check it out. But getting getting back to it, so I think Jim Parsons is great. In he this movie. is. This might be his opus as far as Big Bang Theory is good. I mean, everyone's a Big Bang Theory, but I think as far as I would put this on a resume piece as Jim Parsons before I'd put Big Bang Theory. Well, so Big Bang Theory, you know what you're getting. It's just, you know, you get that same Sheldon is a kind of a one-note yeah, kind of guy. He's, he's him. Jim yeah. Parsons is so much more than that. So much more than that. So, um, I mean, everybody in this movie works. I think I think they all perform very, very Even well. Even Quinto, I think, is, man, they're good. Zachary Quinto is good. Matt Palmer, his hair, his Fantastic. suit too, his wonderful suit too. Listen, and his uh, his guy, his friend. I, I um, wish in the 2020 cowboy. I had half that style. Half of it. <laughs> I like the his cowboy, the guy he's toting along you're with so for the dumb, evening. But Charlie you're so, Carver, so pretty. Yeah, he's, <laughs> look, he's a good looking dude. I can say you know, but he's a good looking dude. He's like, don't talk. <laughs> they <laughs> repeatedly tell him to shut up. But every he he has stupid. Because he's much younger than any of them, and he always Clearly. asks these stupid questions. And I like how Jim Parsons like. How much are you paying him? He's like twenty dollars. He's like, what do you get for twenty dollars? And he's like, I'll pretend to be affectionate for you. And the guy's like, that's worth it. Fair <laughs> so he really is a gay. He really is a gay hooker they hired for twenty dollars. I mean, well, six to just twenty look, bucks goes a lot. To just than, look pl- yeah. Um, but it's funny how you mentioned the phone part. See, when I'm thinking about the phone part for Bernard is, is probably the first example. He is the first guy who does the phone challenge. He. There's not a lot of cutting when we're looking at Bernard, just because he's going through this whole like three or four minute conversation, and you can really see it on his face because you're not hearing the other side of the phone call, you're not hearing the guy's mom who he's calling. Is I mean I think that's got to be one of the finest performances in the movie. Is Bernard when he's doing the call is because you see him go from hopeful, happy to just destroy. Like you watch him deflate. Yeah, like a, it just it's but and it's And then he ends the phone so call powerful. his tears are streaming down his face. Yeah. As he like carefully, slowly puts the phone down on the receiver. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so powerful. And that's what the art imitates life. It has to. It's we're do, we're the ones doing it. We're the ones mm-hmm. writing it, performing it. So it's gotta be and like that's what I love so much about I mean, for me, it's film, but for, for anyone who likes art, it can be painting or music or anything, but for me, it's just movies, but art imitates life, and it's for, I appreciate someone really going into that kind of depth for a character, or just giving you that kind of raw, real, wonderful p- performance, which, don't get me wrong, the other guys do as well, I just, for that moment in time, that's the thing, thing I took away most from the movie, is Bernard's phone call, is, sure. it was so powerful. Well, I mean, that's pretty great. I love the dynamic between Hank and Larry. Um, I love the weird cross-section with Larry and Douglas um, and all that, too. So it's it's interesting how all their stories kind of unfold. And I think it should be worth a watch for most people. Oh, I think it's beyond worth a watch. I think it's well beyond worth a watch. Yeah. Andrew R- R- Rennells plays Larry mm-hmm. and Hank. Those were the two that were in the 
the two that were. They're in a relationship. And I love when B2, I think Hank goes next. And then there's a little shouting match after Bernard and before, because you've got to keep the drama going somehow as a writer. Um, and there's a little shouting match, and then Larry picks up, Hank picks up the phone to call someone who's his, and then Larry, because Larry is seeing him, he's like, who are you calling? And then he gets amazed, like, who are you calling? And then Hank, you know, that calls Larry's, their answering service, and so leave a message for Larry, tell him I love him. And like, no, it's just, it's Hank, a wonderful moment, too. Yeah. yeah. It's I just mean, it's such a powerful but moment. See, they also build up to the character of Hank is quite interesting because Hank was married to a woman, has kids, actually. So for a little bit of time frame, they actually lead it up that Hank might actually be calling his ex-wife. Did you kind of get that well, vibe? That, that's why Larry was so angry. Yeah, that's what, what I mean. Calling. Like, yeah, you yeah. kind of get a vibe that he might be calling his ex-wife. So, yeah, there's that. But I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dig into everybody else's story a little bit. I, I think this is one you should watch and have it unfold. But I don't think you'd be disappointed in it, honestly. Well, when I when I watched it, it was nowhere in the top. Like it was, you know, the popular on Netflix, and mm-hmm. it was not in the top twenty. It was not in the popular. When did you watch it? I watched it like four days ago. Oh, I watched it yesterday. It was in the eight. It was eight. Oh, it wasn't when I was there. I did not. I scrolled over. I don't know if that has anything to do with your likes. I don't think so. I think, I think it's, it's just like, popularity. I think it's okay. national. Because yeah. Tiger, for everyone, Tiger King was for seventeen days. Seventeen Tiger days, King was number one. one. God, that's such a monster um, run. The thing is, see, the thing about that is, see, Hubie Halloween, be it what it is, will come out and it'll be number one for two weeks or whatever. And this is Wayne. five times the movie that Hubie oh, Halloween sure. will be. And it's not, it didn't, it's not going to get its just reward. Now, do you, okay, so is it, because it's part of the, it's the subject matter, part of the conversation, do you think the subject matter might turn some people off? I do, just because... People don't like to have on. Un- people do not like to be uncomfortable. uncomfortable right. At all, I, I get that. At all. I Which, totally I mean, shame on you people. Come on now. You want to watch a good movie, you should watch a good movie. Well, I, I agree with that. Same with, like, love. People didn't want to watch Love Simon for that reason. Right. And listen, Love Simon, love Simon is excellent. It's super it is an good. Excellent movie. Oh, my goodness. That movie is so good. I never did check out that thing on Hulu, that Love Victor series. Did you ever check that out? No, I didn't, I but we, we, we might take, on the a, show take a look at that. When COVID originally. Uh, it, what, what's the. When COVID comes back, absolutely, we might have some more stuff to watch. Um, hoping it doesn't. But Boys in the Band is a treat because also it's got that, what I, I, I've mentioned it before, I call it the phone booth syndrome where you're forced to use one location. And this is where the creativity in the filmmakers, I think, really come out. And then the writer and the filmmakers and uh, everyone that's helping that creative process is you got to figure out how to use that apartment and not make it boring and keep it fresh, keep it new. Because this movie is every bit of two hours. Sure. Can we talk about Michael's sweet ass apartment that he has, by the way? Oh, fantastic That's apartment. Amazing. What he's on like the, the fourth, fourth, fourth or, or fifth floor, floor and he still has a balcony, mm-hmm. which is that couldn't have been awesome. cheap. Yeah. That's a nice awesome. Um, nice nice apartment. Um yeah, but that's why I like in the creative. So what? About twenty twenty five minutes is out there with the barbecue before mm-hmm. it starts to rain, and the rain brings yeah, them inside. Yeah, brings them all inside. And then the but like there's so much going on subtextually, on on the balcony and then inside the the the, the apartment. Um, there's so much going on there, especially when that when that couple goes up in the bedroom that has otherwise been destroyed because of the conversation happening in the main room. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's a shame if you miss this based on. If, if, if you miss this based on what you think you won't like, it, it would just be a shame to miss it. If you're someone who loves movies, then this movie is absolutely up your alley. If you want to watch a good story unfold. Up up your... Up. <laughs> Remember the one of the trailers for... Um, oh, my God. What, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Oh. Say, with um, Robert Downey Jr. And Satan's Alley. Satan's <laughs> Alley. 
I it just watched Tropic uh, Thunder recently. Right now, what, Toby Toby McGuire. McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> <They're a priest. laughs> I just watched I just watched Tropic Thunder like a few weeks ago. It's that Tropic Thunder that's also a ten. Funny. God, it's and every time I watch that movie too, like there's more to the cleverness than I ever thought. Oh, yeah. Like it just every time there's I pass some more stuff. Yeah. Um so this God, we keep saying it's a shame if you miss it, but we're serious. It's a shame if you miss it. You should check this movie out. You wanna you wanna rate it or you want anything else you want to talk about with this one? Uh, I think we're. I think we covered the points I wanted to cover. Okay, because yeah, and I want to talk about the the major. I don't want to spoil points. anything yeah. for you, so the movie's well, drags. I'll, well, I'll spoil War with Grandpa all day. <laughs> it's fine. You're not going to miss out on anything. This movie you may want to check out. I'll go ahead and go first with this one. Yeah, so. please. Uh, I'm probably going to give this movie about a seven. Okay, I don't think it's spectacular. I think they could have done without a few things. And I think if you watch the movie, you understand what I'm talking about. And I do hold it against it that there is a, a plot point that ends up being unresolved. Uh, I. I would rather. I'm the kind of guy I would like to know more than leaving that ambiguous. But uh, I think it's definitely worth your while. And listen, go into it with an open mind. If you if you're not, or if you're uncomfortable, one with full frontal male nudity, and two um, anything along that line, this may not be your type of movie. But I, if you give it a chance, I bet you'll find out that you like it. I, I, th- I think what's going on in the movie, the performances overwrite any any fears you have going into it. It should. For sure, and Jim Parsons, I think, is at his absolute best in this movie. Zachary Quinto is always good too. Like I've never seen him in anything that like, oh, Zachary Quinto wasn't that good in that movie. I he's always you know does a great performance too. Absolutely. Uh, if you're gonna, I, I was I was gonna give it a seven as well. Okay. Um. Wow. We're exactly the same on both movies today. <laughs> well, I mean, this to me was decided when I first watched it. I was like, that's a that's a that's a nine. I was like, wait a minute, Grayson. Wait a minute. It's not a nine. Let's you know. Let's reel it in a little bit. But I, I don't think this movie could have been a nine for me. Okay, so it is every bit of two hours. It's a, the movie runtime is super. two hours and two minutes. Yeah, I say it's not. Super Maybe long. if they shaved off ten minutes, it could have been a seven five, and just less of what you're. I think of what you're thinking about. Less of that, and then more of or just hone in on the human drama. Mm-hmm. That's what I think sure. would have been. Well, listen, this movie is human drama. So, especially for a period piece based in you know new york city around a uh group of gay friends you're going to get as period piece as you can get buddy no i mean that is true that is very true but i, I think this movie sits well at seven now is it a joker seven see there's no difference to me so there is there's, there's only a difference to you because you're wrong um <laughs> i don't think so yeah, fine. it's fine yeah, I, well, bet well, you, okay, I bet okay. you wouldn't so what did you give so Okay, you didn't give Joker. You gave Joker an eight, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I think you gave it an eight. So this is just one point lower than Joker. Are you mm-hmm. okay with that? Sure. Okay, fine. I, it just, I don't I have know. to justify that. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't I swing do. my scale wildly from oh one, my one compass point to another. Fine, fine, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't. I didn't know what I was going into, but I really was at kind of the edge of my seat the whole time. Given the fact that it takes place in one location and there's, it's all talking, I really enjoyed this movie. It's. I mean, because it's smart. This movie is smart. It is smart. Now, again, we always ask the question: casting. If Perfect. you if you didn't go, <laughs> let's say you would it have been powerful if you went with let's say Broadway performers instead of well, so we can talk about that for a TV second. And feature a film. couple of people from this movie play when this play came out. They are the same character. Did you know that? Well, when the revival did, 
When the original play came out? When the original play didn't come out in the 60s and 70s, like you said it did. It's oh, fairly new. Oh, I thought it was... I thought it was... No, it's At least mid-70s, no, late-70s. No, it's basically... Okay, okay, maybe... Okay, new. I was wrong on that. Like, I know for sure the guy that plays Hank plays Hank in the, in the play Okay, that's... Well. Okay, that makes... That might make more sense. Mm-hmm. I must have misremembered what yeah, I and, and okay. I'm totally okay with that. Like, I think they nail it. Oh, they're, they're great. great. Yeah, But, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, a, a cast of all stage performers instead of camera performers. Would it have made a difference? I don't you? know if there's a difference that much anymore, honestly. You don't think? No. I mean, listen, I think 15, 20 years ago, sure. But now, I think it's all kind of the same. Well, you get a lot more mainstream people doing doing Broadway and Broadway branching out a lot more. We're getting a lot more um, plays brought to the big screen, and most of them have been pretty decent. So, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I can, I'm, I'm happy with the casting the way it mm-hmm. was. I think you pretty much needed Parsons and Quinto, at least... They are the if driving not, forces yeah, in this movie. If not some some of the other ones as well. But mm-hmm. I'm very happy with it. I mean, a seven is, you know, very good. Yeah. It's not Little Women good. but Or Palm Springs I mean, good. One of us, you know, I mean, two of us, I gave both of those movies tens. <laughs> I gave Palm Springs a ten. Little Women I gave a 9.5. Forever on, Coward. on my, my shameless. Coward. So are we, can I ask you what, are we, are we still Palm Springs best movie 2020 so far? At, at least yeah. out of what we've covered. 100%. We, we could have missed something. I actually but. just recommended Palm Springs to somebody else. I'm like, you have to check out this movie. I just recommend it to a producer I'm talking to. So. Good. You should. Uh, he, Be like, listen, you want to make a funny movie? Make it like this. This, Be, this is how you do it right. Be clever. Be clever. <laughs> and have J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Have him call people shitbird. <laughs> shitbird. <laughs> shitbird. Uh, okay, so let's... Um, I think that covers it up for us today. I think so. I think that uh, we... Next week, we have some movies. But before that, this has been episode 195 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast of your choice of the following four. iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, following five. Amazon Music, I should probably change that. You should. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell one I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page and check us out on YouTube where you can find our funny little skits we try to do. I still think our Russell Crowe one is probably the better one, Un- Unhinged. Whenever yeah, I give that link to people, they always say it's pretty hilarious. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're talking about Hubie Halloween, which is Adam Sandler Netflix original, and Roger's favorite, Greenland, which is on Amazon. God, I hope so. I hope it's great. What if I it hope, is? I hope we just watch the world burn. Because, listen, it's something we deserve at this point. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm.